Welcome into this week's edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. Week one of the NFL is in the books. We are looking ahead to week two. I'm your host, Martin Weiss, joined here, as always, with former Pro Bowl wide receiver TJ Husmanzada. TJ, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Wish and should be doing better had I uh, made better picks. I mean, we weren't terrible in week one. I feel like some of the more obvious plays we stayed away from. And that was, but I will say, watching the Cowboys and the Bucks, we both handicapped that game pretty terribly wrong because the Cowboys offense, I did not see the Cowboys putting up 29 points. I, 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 I took the over at 51 and a half, but I did not see the Cowboys being the team to, to kind of match that. I figured the Bucks would score 40 points considering Dak being out for as long as he was out, you, you figured they would just come out and run the ball. Uh, that's not going to be successful because of Tampa run defense. If you go back to last year, you know, what Dallas said, we're not even going to try to run the ball. We're going to do what we do best. We just paid Dak Prescott all this money that keep us in the game. And I was shocked. Did he not keep them in the game? He damn near won them the game probably should have won them the game. I'm eager to see how the Cowboys look in these next two to three weeks, two to three weeks, just to see, was that a fluke? Were they just really up for that game? Or is this who they really are? And had some passes, I felt like that he kind of short-armed a little bit. It feel like, for me, it didn't necessarily look like he was 100% the Dak Prescott that we had seen in the first four weeks of the season before he broke his ankle last year. But, like to your point, definitely played well enough to beat the – the returning Super Bowl defense, right? Definitely played well enough to do that. And if it hadn't been Tom Brady on the other side with a minute left in the game driving down, you know, we, we've all seen that movie before. I think the Cowboys might have came out with a win. So I, I'm, I'm with you there. But what happened in Orchard Park, New York, to your Josh Allen-led Buffalo Bills? Because I was Josh. on the Steelers six and a half, and you called me crazy. You said the Steelers don't have an O-line. And, and I just, I'm just curious, what happened to your boy? The Steelers don't have an O-line, but Buffalo is searching for a pass rush still. And, and the Bills are up 10 to 0. Mm-hmm. They should have won that game, the block punt. You can't have that special teams coach. You know better. You know better. So when you're up 10-0, and it's not like the Bills played terribly bad. It was just shocking that Pittsburgh was able to, to compete, like if you just go back to the Bills last year, it didn't matter who they played against. They were putting up points. Right. But when you play the Pittsburgh Steelers, one thing will always be a constant for them. They're going to play defense. They're, that's just what they do. They are going to play defense. And I played them a bunch of times. They play defense. I know I know that very well. They Offensively, they weren't spectacular today. Just Buffalo has no pass rush to block punt, but I was shocked I, that that game was probably outside of one other game that we'll discuss later on. That that was a shocker for me. I wasn't too terribly shocked at the Steelers playing well enough to beat the uh, to like to hang with the Bills. I thought that this was going to be a closer game. That's why I took the six and a half. But I'll say, like I said to you in the first week, and your eyes got all big and your ears got you know. I didn't mean to personally offend you, but I'm going to need to see more from Josh Allen because in a year where everything was different, 
There's no fans in the stands. We got games played on Wednesday. There's just nothing like it. There's no NFL season ever like it before. Josh Allen had a stat line that he's never seen in his life before. So it's just now that everything is seemingly, you know, quote unquote, back to normal. I'd like to see it again. Did not see it on Sunday. But the Steelers are a good defense. And week one, you, you can look at some teams and say, oh, they're pretty good. The Raiders. Week two, week three, week four, after the first quarter of the season, right? You, you you really have a better feel for what teams really are and what teams aren't. There's some teams that lost, and you know, everybody's like, wow, how did they lose? Wow, they got blown out. Though in September, three and one, and you're like, ah, they're, they're, they're still pretty good. And, and so once this first month goes by and the games are played, you, you really get a better feel. A broke clock is right twice a day. Well, speaking of a broke clock right twice a day, Here's where my clock breaks and your clock starts telling the right time because when I had, I took Kansas city and TJ, let me tell you something, man. I found this out maybe 30 minutes after the game ended after, after uh, Kansas city ended up beating uh, the, the Cleveland Browns 33 to 29, but did not cover the six and a half that we, that you and I were discussing Kansas city in their last nine regular season games have not eight and one straight up. One and eight against the spread. So all I said I was I talking about last I week, that. all that, that I was talking about, don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. No, bet against Patrick Mahomes. I bet against the spread, bet against Patrick Mahomes. Because at this point, Vegas has figured it out. And I was sitting there. I, I thought the Chiefs were going to roll. But it's, they got a weird thing going on. They seem to play with their food. They seem, to, they seem to know that they can score 21 points in a quarter, 28 points in a quarter. And just kind of, I don't know if it'd be lackadaisical, but this is not the first game in the Chiefs, you know, regular season, recent history that they have dropped down to, you know, double digit, uh, double digit deficits and have to come back. When, when you, I'm going through some, cause I, I have some notes. When you really look at the Chiefs going back to last year, doing this podcast, I knew the Chiefs weren't covering. They were winning but they weren't covering. And it was just like, what is going on? Why aren't the Chiefs yep. covering? And so I knew that heading into there. But what I will say is this. They can score and they can score fast. We know that. But Cleveland outplayed them. The, the, the Browns outplayed the Chiefs. But, dude, what was the punter for the Cleveland Browns doing? What was he doing? I don't now again. I've never been on a punt, a punt like, team, but I imagine what? that he still had time to kick the ball. He could have kicked it. He dropped the ball. Nobody was, and this is the thing, Martin. You can tell when they have punt block on because they have eight in the box. That was a hold up. So when you drop the punt, they're going to hold you up, hold you up, and then run down the field with you. He literally could have picked that ball up and punted it. He wanted to be the hero and get the first down. And that, in essence, probably cost them that game. But I will say this, Baker, just throw the ball away, live to play another down. Hope it was a lesson learned, but the Browns, uh, they lost to the Chiefs. Chiefs are one of the better teams in the league. They're both going to have really good seasons moving forward. I do want to get your opinion on that interception, though, because Romo immediately said that Baker was trying to throw it away. I saw a guy on the sideline, like, I, and I'm – I saw a guy on the sideline, and I understand that Baker got tackled. Tony Romo, Tony Romo needs to stop it. Stop Tony Romo. He's covering for the quarterback. That stop was a bad it, decision, right? Like, he it threw that ball to him. Decision. 
if he's trying to uh, throw the ball away, Martin, why is he throwing the ball up the field instead of more towards the left, more closer to the uh, line of scrimmage? He threw that ball up the field to where that player was. He was mm-hmm. not trying to throw that ball away. Tony Roma and all these quarterbacks that are on TV need to stop covering for all these quarterbacks that play the game and making excuses for him. He made a bad decision. It didn't work out. They intercepted the ball. It is what it is. But stop making excuses. He wasn't trying to throw that ball away. Speaking of a bad decision, Mac Jones' first NFL pass, or first whatever you want to call that, fumble pass. I think it was ruled a fumble on the field for one of the Patriots who fumbles. But it was not great and was probably the worst thing that he did that day, right? It seemed like nothing he did. Everything else was, was straight up. He was probably the best rookie to play even though the Patriots lost to the Dolphins 17 to 16, you had the pay, you had the Dolphins plus three, and I took the Patriots minus three in a game in which I will say this. I feel like the whole you used to be able to bet on Belichick in just like a blind, this team's not gonna make any mistakes, this team's not gonna beat themselves. I don't know if that's necessarily true anymore because I watched this team fumble the ball away so many times, and and it's just I felt like I feel like the Patriots should have won this game. Tua didn't impress me. Miami's defense is good, but I just did not think that Miami should have won this game while I was watching it. Belichick's not going to give the ball away. I've never seen Belichick with a helmet on. Brady's not going to give the ball away. That That's more like it. Brady's not going to turn the ball over. And, and so you just look at the Patriots, and you say Mac Jones had the best week of rookie quarterbacks. He has the best team. Right. He he has the best team. And, and so he should play decently well. And, and he outplayed to him. They should have won that game. But I never forget, I, I want to say it was Cam Cameron. He used to always point out, you never get a chance to go against a rookie in his first game. Mm-hmm. You get that chance one time, one time only. And, and, the, and the Dolphins made sure that Mac Jones didn't win his debut in the National Football League. Did he play well enough to win? Probably, but he didn't. And, and, and so it's going to be interesting, man, how, how the Patriots navigate through this season because you can have these stats. And if Mac Jones and the Patriots don't win, it's going to get worse for Bill Belichick. And, and, and I believe he knows that. It's going to get worse. And, and so I wasn't surprised. I, I thought the Dolphins would actually win handily. I was surprised it was as close as it was. But the Patriots have a good defense. And Bill Belichick is still their coach. And he's a really good defensive coach. Simple. Well, TJ, I want to move on from the games that we picked to just what I think that we both will probably agree was the biggest surprise of the weekend. What in the world is wrong with the Green Bay Packers? Is it a four alarm fire right now? Are we at DEFCON? Are we at threat level five right now? Or is this something that you should, you know, should you be R E A L X? I spelled that wrong. Should you be R E L A X? I would say it's a little brush fire. It's nothing major. It's not, it's one game. And if it continues to happen, and then when I say continue, I mean, this week and next week. If they don't win these next two games, oh, that's a red flag. Well, they got the they and got the Lions on Monday Night Football, right, coming up. So I imagine they, if they don't beat the you Lions. Can't, no, you can't just beat the Lions. You can't just beat the Lions. You have to beat the Lions 
how you just got beat. Right. You, you got to return the favor. You can't just beat them. You have to do them how the Saints did you. If you don't do that, red flag goes up because they're talented. They did lose Corey Lindsey, and they don't have Bakhtiari back playing. That's big. You got two high-level starters on the offensive line that aren't playing. You lose one to the Chargers, and Bakhtiari is out because of his knee injury from last year. That's big. You, you watch that game? The Saints was in that backfield. That defensive line, they were on Aaron Rodgers' ass all game long. And so sports has a way of humbling us. You know, I was 50-50 on retiring. I didn't know if I wanted to play. Uh, you either get your ass all yeah. in and we're going to throw you out with the trash. And so that's the way sports will have a way of humbling us. Hopefully Aaron Rodgers learns from this. But I, Green Bay Packers, they're going to bounce back. It's interesting that you bring up sports as a way of humbling because Matt LaFleur in his press conference after the game said uh, pretty much exactly that. This game has a way of humbling you. Then when reporters asked Aaron Rodgers, you know, this is what Matt LaFleur said. Rodgers went and said, actually, I don't agree with that. I'll let him say that. This is just one game. What do you make of the fact that, I mean, we all know that Rodgers didn't want to kick that field goal, or am I making too much of the fact that the head coach and the quarterback do not seem to be on the same page or even in the same book right now? The head coach didn't want to get shut out. Aaron Rodgers is like, let's try to score a touchdown. We're getting our asses kicked. And, and so – Head coaches, it's surprising, you know, let, let's get these three points on the board. Aaron Rodgers, I believe he was 15 for 32, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Dude, when's the last time Aaron Rodgers has played like this? His first year as a starter when Brett Favre left? Like, he, we haven't seen Aaron Rodgers play like this. It was a shock to him. He's supposed to say, oh, it's only one game, because if you're saying football has a way of humbling us, you're basically admitting that what you did in this offseason, you went about it the wrong way. Aaron Rodgers can't say that because then he would basically be admitting, yeah, I mishandled this entire offseason. And so his answer is expected. I did not hear LaFleur say what he said, or so I would not have said what I just said. But uh, I believe he's dead on with it. So, um, yeah, I just I just don't. I, I was weird on Green Bay. They're going to win the division still probably because as we saw the rest of the NFC North play, they're terrible. They are. They. But I just I, if I had a Green Bay, you know, over ten and a half wins ticket, I would feel like in that parlay that we were talking about last week. That would be the one that would concern me right now, honestly, out of all of them, because they might be able to win that division at nine and eight because the rest of these teams are going to stink. Uh, another team that stinks, the Jacksonville Jaguars looked absolutely terrible. So bad, in fact, that when Clay Helton got fired yesterday, uh, what, he's been there for how long? A couple months? Urban Meyer was linked to the USC job, which he just shot down and said there's no chance he's taking it into his press availability today. But, TJ, you've obviously been through training camps, been through preseasons, been through week one. How does a team look so unprepared so many drops, so many penalties against another team that most people think is going to be the worst team in football in the Houston Texans. The Jags had the number one pick for a reason. They had the number one pick for a reason. And the Texans have had a tumultuous offseason, and that's an understatement. But Tyrod Taylor is a veteran in the game of football. Like, he, he's been around. He's seen a lot of things. 
He has a live arm. He has great legs. They have just had a bad offseason. They don't necessarily have terrible players. And I'm not saying the Jags have terrible players, but they had the first pick for a reason. Trevor Lawrence is a rookie. Shit, Urban Meyer is a rookie when it comes to the National Football League. SC should have fired Clay Helton after last year and hired Urban Meyer, and they wouldn't be in this conundrum that they're in now. That's what they get. That's I mean, their fault. That was the rumors, right? When Urban Meyer was wandering the halls of FS1 doing Big Martin. Noon Saturdays, that he was going to be coaching Big Noon Saturday for USC, right? That was the whole. Dude, that was the whole. We talk. were were in the green room, and I was like, "You know what? I don't give a damn. All he can do is ignore me." I was like, <laughs> that, sounds no, like I said, "That sounds like most of my interactions with people at work." Honestly, I said, "Hey, coach, you taking that SC job?" He just looks at me and smiles and says. If I do, you going to help me? I said, I got you. And, and so, but he had a smirk on his face. Like, right. I'm taking that job if it's offered. Like, it was, um, and so that's what USC gets. Urban Meyer, you can't leave Jacksonville and you just taken it. You just took the job. You, you just can't leave because you're quitting on the players that you have told to buy in to what you're telling them and selling them. And so you, you can't do it. Did they look bad? Yes. Trevor Lawrence did throw for a ton of yards, three touchdowns, also three interceptions. He will be better, but I'm not, I'm not surprised, man. When you have the first pick, you need a lot of help. And I, well, talking about a guy, talking about a guy you can't just leave after like coaching one game or well, one guy did Cliff Kingsbury left USC before he ever even coached a game to go Crazy. coach the Arizona Cardinals. And I think that the Arizona, I don't think it's unfair to say the Arizona Cardinals were the most positive surprise in week one, because all year we were talking about the NFC West, a two team race, a three team race, and kind of people put Arizona except except for you. You were high. You 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 said that you like the you like the Cardinals, not necessarily to win the division, but to compete, and compete that they did uh, against the Tennessee. I'm Titans. glad. I'm glad you're saying that. Make sure we save that clip too. Because I, I, I got you. That division, I, I believe the Rams are going to win it, but I wouldn't be shocked if any of the four won it. I, I I wouldn't be, and I would. You you look at it, the Cardinals on paper on paper going into week one, probably played the best team in the Tennessee Titans. That game wasn't close. That game was a blowout. Chandler Jones was beating the left tackle, Taylor Lewan like he was an undrafted free agent. And those not I feel like when that when that type of thing happens, right? That's a structural issue, right? That's 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 deeper than just the fact that Taylor Lewan is getting beat every single play. Martin, it is, bro, me and dudes that have played, we, we, I'm on so many group chats with former players I've played with. It just, it's so many bad coaches, man. This shit is so bad. Like, if my left tackle was getting beat, I'm going to give him help. Right. Like, it's, it's, it's what, running back like chips, God, tight end over there. Like, isn't that the whole that concept? It's complicated. Like, I don't understand these coaches spend all this damn time at the facility. What are you watching? Once my tackle gives up two sacks, I'm going to put a tight end over there or I'm going to chip with my back because it doesn't matter who, how many guys I have out on a route if I don't have time to throw the ball. Right. I thought Seattle was impressive going to Indy. 
beating the Colts, but Carson Wentz missed the preseason. Quentin Nelson, they're both coming off an injury. It's you can give them a mulligan for that. I expected the Rams to kill the Bears. I expected the Niners to kill the Lions, even though the score was closer than the game indicated. But I, most impressive, it has to be the Cardinals because I believe they played the toughest team. I mean, week one, and they went to work, and it was easy. Man, went to work, and we're doing, like, video game type shit, right? Like, Kyler, the way that Kyler was dropping back, mm-hmm. running around, like, you don't get – like, that's what I was saying. It's a structural thing because no, who's getting that many sacks in the NFL game? It just doesn't happen. Like, I get that Chandler Jones is amazing. He's really good. But, I mean, after a while, like, Taylor Lewan's no slouch. You know what happened? Chandler Jones wanted a contract extension in all season. You know what he said? <laughs> y'all don't want to pay me. I got something for y'all ass. And Kyler Murray was playing Madden in real life. That's what he was doing. He was playing Madden in real life. Running around, running around, throw it. Guys, I just played Madden yesterday. My homeboy was doing that on me, and I was pissed. That ain't real football. You can't snap the ball and just run around. <laughs> and here Carter Murray doing it in real life. I tell you, one of the mo- he's I know he's not the best quarterback out there, but one of the most fun and electric quarterbacks to watch. All right, TJ, before we make our picks for this week, babyface Joel Solomon, our producer, is going to join in here real quick. He's got something for us. All right, TJ, you were no stranger to making uh, great catches in your NFL career. Martin, he's made some catches, too, I think, uh, around the office. (laughs) So every Sunday we see uh, NFL receivers, there's either either a catch or no catch. Sometimes there's some bobbling, and uh, it's hard to tell which is which. I'm going to throw some topics at you. You guys tell me if it's a catch, it's good, or no catch, uh, you, you, you had some problems with it. So let's start with the Met Gala. Sierra wearing a Russell Willen, Russell Wilson color rush sequin dress. She had the little accessory football uh, purse and a Super Bowl ring. From you guys, is that a catch? No catch. For me, it is an absolute catch. I think that, I, to me, that was pretty sweet, TJ. I don't know about you, but if my old lady was walking down the red carpet at the Met Gala and I wasn't there because I was calling Monday Night Football with Peyton and Eli Manning, I would want her to be showing me off in some kind of way. Number one, you don't have to show me off. Well, let me just say this. I believe it's a catch. That's her husband. She's showing support to her husband. Ultimate respect, ultimate sign of love. I know Russell Wilson saw that. And he just smiled just like, oh, that's my baby. He ain't going to the Met Gala. Screw Peyton and Eli. He got to stay ready for the season. But that's an ultimate catch. And that's what Russell Wilson has. All right, well, now we're going to have to see if Giselle wears a, uh, a Tom Brady Bucks <laughs> color rush sequin dress to the next one. All right, next topic. Uh, TJ, you mentioned you were playing Madden. New Hopkins went off. He is the highest rated 99 overall Madden rating at, at wide receiver. Are you? Does he deserve the 99 top wide receiver rating, catch or no catch? I would say that's a catch. Because, I mean, I, I believe Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league. You could argue and say it's, it's DeAndre Hopkins, and I wouldn't disagree with you, but, but I would go with um, Devontae Adams. So if Hopkins is a 99, Adams should be a 99 as well. But I, I, that, it's whichever one you like. I got to go with my boy DeAndre simply because DeAndre Hopkins for the longest time 
felt quarterback proof. I rarely do you ever see a receiver who's consistently putting up the type of numbers that Nuke was putting up with no names at quarterback, right? I mean, it's this whole time in Houston before Deshaun Watson, he had nobody there. Now he's got guys who, you know, name brands throwing him the ball and he's still going off. But he was the number one option. When you're the number one option, quarterback's going to throw you 12 to 15 targets a game. You're going to make that work. He is the NFL quarterback, whomever that quarterback was throwing it to him. They're all not going to be off target. Is that you sounding like because you were the number two option behind Chad? Was that a little like salt there a little bit or no? no. Is that just I mean, I, I had a I had a thousand yards with Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's fair. I, you, to your point, we did just see Derek Carr target uh, Darren Waller like what, 20 times in a game? I mean, it, it's like Hopkins can play, but but I, I think the these are NFL quarterbacks and you're actually going to get less targets when you're with the Cardinals and you have all those other guys with you. So you're not going to put up the type of stats. When, when he was in Houston, who do you have opposite him? Yeah, he didn't have Deshaun Watson, but they were getting a ton of targets to him. All right, TJ, don't worry. We're going to fix that in post. We know it was uh, one and one A. Just ask Ike Taylor. We, we, we know about that. <laughs> All right, last yeah. one. I'm not saying Martin uh, has worn these around the office, but I'm not saying he hasn't. Socks with flip-flops, is that a catch or no catch? I mean, I have not worn socks with flip-flops, but it's definitely a catch. I'm wearing my if, if I'm wearing my slides, I'm gonna have some socks on more than likely, especially if I just got done doing something athletic, which for me is rarely. I'll say this: I've worn slides with socks, but it's very, very rare. I'm gonna say no catch. It's funny. My wife always, why are you wearing socks with your flip-flops? So if this what I this how I look at it. If you got ugly feet, you're gonna put socks on. Or if you even if you do have ugly feet, you don't give a damn that people see that you have ugly feet. <laughs> I will say this: recent survivor of athlete's foot. That's about the only athletic thing that I had that that stayed with me from high school was athlete's foot. Recently kicked it, so maybe there is a little how PTSD. To, how you kick my left foot? Splendid, fantastic. My right foot looked like it belongs to somebody else. <laughs> man i i I actually went to the doctor and i didn't i i couldn't mess around with the topical formats and i didn't need it i needed i got i went to the doctor and i said give me a pill because i need my toes back like i didn't gain anything from this all i did was like a couple of injuries my ankles hurt now when i wake up i made no money playing any sport and so i just i want all of it gone <laughs> man the pills it. mess with your liver man is it really worth it well i mean the doctor said I should be all right, and I trust science. So, <laughs> <laughs> we'll right, find TJ. out in twenty years. Right. We need you to send us a picture of uh, those feet. Uh, just send them to Martin. And this has been catch or no catch. <laughs> hey, you listening right now? You ever hear these picks that we give out? Think you can do better? Well, here's your chance. Go to www.extrapoints.com/arcade, and you can pick with us or against us. Go to the NFL Pick'em Contest. Hey, two listeners, Sergio and Reed, beat everybody. They're going into week two to see who wins the swag that is given out to all the winners. We also have we also have the Emmy Contest. So go ahead and pick who you think is going to win the Emmys. Prop culture and prop quiz. And the prop quiz was won last time by Dave Damashek. I got to work with the guy. Please sign up and take him off of his high horse. Winner gets all types of cool prizes, including two, but limited to a extra points hat. So go to extrapoints.com slash arcade. Sign up now and play for free. 
All right, TJ. I know I know you were working out hard earlier this morning. So let's get through the rest of this kind of quick so you can't can recover. You can't, can't, you can't tell? I love you know, I love the former athletes who are consistently working. What are you training for? What is it? Because let me tell you something. To do podcasts, I, I do it all the time. You don't have to train. You just have to, to get up. Good. You just want to look good, man. Okay, that's it. I want to be able to go to vacation, go on vacation and take my shirt off and, you know, look representable when my shirt is off. That's all. Okay. And, I just, I, Martin, I got two young daughters that's in college. Uh-huh. I got a young daughter that's nine years old. I need to stay in shape till they get married just in case one of these knuckleheads try them. I'm putting that <laughs> thing on them. Okay. All right. I yeah. just, I just, I just needed to know. Cause you know, I hang out with a couple, I mean, I'll be around a couple of professional athletes and every, every one of them to a T <laughs> works out twice a day for what, for why? For, I, I don't get it. Twice but. a day. Nah, I'm lucky if I get twice a week, but you just, you just want to stay fit, man. I ain't gained a pound in 20 years. I, and I've, I've weighed the same from 2000 to now. So 21 years. So I'm doing it's something working. Well, I can't say the same, but let's get into these picks real quick. The San Francisco 49ers are three and a half point favorites going to Philly over under 49 and a half. TJ, the Niners squeaked, well, didn't squeak past Detroit. They squeaked covered over Detroit uh, for the number that we got. And the Eagles absolutely rolled the Falcons last Sunday. Where do you see this game ended? This, could the Eagles... Could that game be fool's gold? Will Atlanta be a lot worse than people thought? Atlanta's offense was always pretty good. It was awful. I mean, awful Sunday. Shailen Hurts, let's give Nick Sirianni some credit. I didn't watch the entirety of the game, but, but I've watched a decent amount of it. They look like they tailored that offense for Jalen Hurts. That's coaching. That's what good coaches do. Let me tailor my offense to what my players do best can you do that against the Niners in that defense I'll say no the way that Niner and Lions game went early on I believe is an indication of what San Francisco really is I, I think they let up and, and let Detroit get back into the game Philly played a bad Atlanta Falcon team, they are not playing a bad 49er team. The only thing that concerns me with the Niners are the injuries. Jason Verrett is gone. Raheem Mostert is gone. But I believe they, they're going to be too much for the Eagles. Three and a half points. I, I'm going uh, to take the Niners. I'm going to eat those three and a half. And, and I'll actually go, uh, I'll go with the over j- just because the Niners, I can see them having the lead, let down again. The Eagles are better than Detroit. So if, the, if Detroit can storm back, like I believe the Eagles can score 20 and, and the Lions, I mean, in the 49ers can score somewhere of 30 points. I am also going to take the 49ers and I'm taking that three and a half and I'm taking it without looking back. I understand that the Eagles looked amazing on Sunday, but I think the Falcons are not the Falcons. I don't know where this Falcons love bubbled up over the off season. They got a new head coach. They lost Julio Jones and Matt Ryan is just a year older and the same guy. I don't understand. Like they went four and 12 last year and I get they got Kyle Pitts, but I just don't see why we should be excited about this Atlanta team. And so then when, so for Philly to go and roll them, like it doesn't, it's not too exciting for me. And I get that you say Nick Sirianni has, has developed his play, like, playbook for Jalen Hurts. 
but I still think the 49ers are going to be the better coach team, the more prepared team, the more explosive team. And three and a half makes a lot of sense. And I looked this up. The Niners did not go back to San Francisco after they played Detroit. They went to the Greenbrier in West Virginia, and they're going to go up to Philly to play. So they, they stayed on the East Coast. The last two seasons, the 49ers have stayed on the East Coast. I know they stayed on the East Coast when it was, they were playing the Jets and the Giants. And then in 2019, they stayed uh, – I think they stayed in Ohio. But on the second half of those, they've dominated that team. When they, when they don't have that travel time, essentially making it a – you know, not traveling all the way back to the West Coast. Me and you live on the West Coast. That's a long flight. That's a long that's a, that is a flight that turns separates the men from the boys right there. So I think that the 49ers staying on the East Coast is going to be a big boost for them. And that's why I like the three and a half. Uh, we got the so, that that's why you are who you are because you did big research on those trips going back <laughs> years. There you go. Well, I'm just saying, look, I don't I don't have the necessarily the football X's and O's knowledge. So I'm trying to cobble it together some kind of way that I can. Like I feel uh, like get I know. Out of here. Get out of here with look, that. I, I saw Peyton Manning over there talking about, you know, I know Spider 2 Y banana, but you start adding extra words and letters and all that. And I, I need, See I need this, somebody to translate. So what Peyton Manning was doing is like, this is where people get confused. Certain words only apply to certain positional groups. And, and so you got like when he says, I write, for instance, that's just the tight end and receivers. Mm-hmm. The offensive line, they, they just go line. The offensive line is listening for protection and play. That's it. All the eye right, the formational, they're not listening for that. And, and so certain words apply to certain groups. You can't listen to everything. And you just, you just learn what words apply to you in your position and which words don't. You, when the words don't apply, I promise you, you don't even hear them. It's almost like he didn't even say it. Wow. So you just know that whatever the third word in the cadence is, that's the receiver word. And you just, you know, you just know. Yeah, certain words apply, like certain offenses, the protection applies to the receiver because you need to know who they're pointing the mic to because right. first guy outside of the mic, that's who the running back blocks. When they designate the mic, you know what that means, right? They're typically the guy that they're looking to attack on defense or whether they're, they're scheduling, not scheduling, no. but like, okay, explain it to me. Then, this, clearly this, is I don't. What, this is what they mean. So you're 52 is the mic. So when they say 52 is the mic, if the mic blitzes, the offensive line is blocking him. They okay. want big on big. So when you don't think 52 is going to blitz, you say, check, 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 56 the mic. Because 56 has shown you he's going to blitz. Because if you keep the mic as 52, then the running back will have to block 56. That's the right. big on big. So you change the mic because you want the offensive line to block the guy you perceive to be blitzing. So That's, when they so it's all about the, attacking the defense by setting up the blocking scheme. Am yeah. I using the wrong words? Yeah. Somewhat because whoever you designated as a mic, the running back is going to block the guy outside of that. So that's all it is. But yeah, certain words apply, certain words don't. So we just I, gave people a little quick protection overview of how it works. It's, it's easy to me, but it's hard to others. Quarterbacks can't even figure that out, and I actually think it's easy. Eli Manning in the broadcast admitted one day that he could not figure it out. They went, uh, they had Ray Lewis come on, and apparently in a game, I forget what year it was, but Eli was four for 18 with a 0, 0.0 passer rating. And in the game, he pointed at Ray and said, 52 is the mic. And Ray told him, no, actually, this guy's the mic. And Eli was like, oh, oh, shit, you're right. 
that guy is the mic. <laughs> and then, so Ray is basically telling him, I'm not blitzing. He going to blitz. Make him the mic, yeah. you dummy. I figure it's highly irregular for defenses to be calling out their plays beforehand, but. That's what happens, though, when you get a middle linebacker that's tried and true, very relaxed, very comfortable. You can disguise and hold things to the last minute. That's why he's one of the best. All right, I let's can, get when you can think how your opponent thinks you're good. Yeah, let's keep it rolling. Say, let's keep, keep it rolling because we're over here education. breaking down football. We could, I could do literally do this all day and night. Yeah, but let's go. Buffalo Bills minus three and a half at the Dolphins. Dolphins squeaked by the Patriots. Bills mm, had a tough one against the Steelers over under 47 and a half. TJ, where are you leaning on this game? They let Mac Jones go up and down the field. What you think Josh Allen gonna do? I'm glad the Dolphins won, mm -hmm. but I look for the Bills to bounce back. They're coming off that loss to the Steelers at home. They're watching that game and saying, man, Mac threw for almost 300 yards against this defense. I like our chances. Giving away three and a half, I'll give it away. They're going down to South Beach. It's going to be hot, but it's hot in Buffalo this time of the year anyway. And, and so I'm going to take the Bills. I look for Josh Allen and them to bounce back. I'm going to go ahead and take the Dolphins. Uh, and I'm just, again, I got to see it first with Josh Allen. Maybe I'll see it this week, but I'm going to go ahead and bet against them until I see it with Josh Allen, with the with with all the fans in the stands and all that. So I don't know if the, maybe this is just recency, our lack of recency bias, because if I was doing recency bias, you would have looked at the last 17 games of his career in the regular season. And then, but I'm going to go ahead and look at the totality and say, I think that might have been a blip. I'm still going to go ahead and take the Dolphins. I like the Dolphins defense. I like Xavier Howard and I like I like Brian Flores. I, I like Brian Flores as well. He seems like the type of guy that guys want to play for. Um so that's why I, I like the Dolphins. I think they cover this three and a half especially at home. The Cowboys travel out west to the Chargers. The Cowboys are three-point dogs over under 55 and a half. We just talked about how good Dak looked at the top of the show. Justin Herbert looked pretty good, too, against the Washington football team when they won by four uh, on the East Coast last, last week. This is a tricky game because teams that start 0-2, they really don't make the playoffs. History has shown they have a hard time, but it is an extra game. That's what I say. It's going to be interesting now we have 17. Like 0-3, I, I feel like 0-3 now is the death sentence that 0-2 used to be, but we don't know yet. So does that stat go out of the window? I, I'm impressed with what the Chargers did because that defensive front and just that defense in general that the Washington football team that they put on the field each Sunday is stout. They're tough at every level. I just, offensively, they're not going to present the same problems that the Cowboys will present. The Bucs have a really good defense. At least we think they have a really good defense. Right. And they had their way with Tampa Bay. I, I just, this is a tough game for me. And so when I have a tough game and I don't know which way to go, I go with the team that's getting the points. The Cowboys are getting three points, although they are on the road. I believe Herbert will do his thing and carve that defense up. But the Cowboys are going to put points on the board. They're going to put points on the board. I don't like the fact that Lyle Collins is suspended. That hurts their offensive line, but they will be getting Zach Martin back. And so I'm going to take the three points and the Cowboys. 
I'm with you. I'm taking the three. I'm taking the Cowboys because I get, like you said, Lyle Collins suspended, but Terrence Steele started like 14 games last year. It's not like it's his first time on the field. It's not like he's walking in undrafted free agent, first never, first NFL action. Like he's, he's been a pro for a year and they brought him back. So there you go. Also, this game is going to be a Cowboys home game in Los Angeles. The Chargers don't have any fans. And every and every fan out here, uh, you 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 can't walk three feet without bumping into a Cowboys fan. Hey, and- Martin, the preseason game, the Niners and the Chargers. I took my son to that game. It was full of Niner fans. Preseason. I mean, Joel Solomon just bought a Chargers ticket off somebody in this office because they don't want to go to the game because he wants to go to go see whatever team he roots for. I don't remember at the moment. Hey, but Marcellus going to be the only Charger fan there. I'm saying at that's at that point, Marcellus and Justin Herbert's mama are going to be the only people that are rooting for the Chargers. So I'm thinking that the Cowboys, I mean, if you think about it, you get three points at home, right? That's two and a half, three points for a home field advantage. So this is to me telling me Vegas calls it even. I like the, I like the Cowboys to cover three points here together so, on that one and the last game i want to talk about is the new orleans saints they're getting three and a half wow. at the carolina panthers in the division rivalry people thought the saints were going to be you know the sky was falling in new orleans and i'll be honest i don't know if the sky is still not falling in new orleans because they did roll green bay now they're missing like seven or eight coaches on the offensive side of the ball due to covid uh, covid protocol so it's just Sean Payton and a couple other guys in there. But this Saints team looked like the class of the NSC against the Packers. Where are, you, where are you leaning on this one? This is tough because when when you're missing your position coach, that means another coach has to bear the load of the coach that is missing. And, and that puts a lot on his plate just from a game plan, game plan perspective, getting your guys ready to play. That means two other coaches and you you get the quality control guys. That's more on their plate. So if you're doing more, you're doing less somewhere else. And, and so will they be prepared? Yes. And the reason is Sean Payton is not gone for COVID. And as long as Sean Payton is there, they're going to be okay. Are they as good as a team that smacked the Packers? Probably not. But the Panthers struggle with the Jets. They barely beat the New York Jets with yeah. a rookie quarterback. And I like believe you said, Cam Cameron roll. said, you only get one chance to play a rookie quarterback for the first time. Yeah, and, and so that wasn't an easy win. I'm going to take the Saints. They're giving up three and a half. I'll eat that three and a half just because they are. They beat the more impressive team that of the Packers. And the Packers, I, I believe, would smack the Jets. Week one, I'm taking, I'm taking the Saints. I, I believe in Jameis Winston. Um, that defense, that defensive front for the Saints. Yep. And, and I like Darnold, but they're gonna be on his ass. I'm with the Saints as well. If nothing more, Sean Payton is the type of asshole that I appreciate. Like he's the type that's always gonna be prepared. He's always gonna be ready because he always wants to be able to talk his shit after the fact, right? You know what I'm saying? Like like Belichick's not that way. Well, Belichick is he, he'll go after the game and just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We, we we play good we play good. No, Sean Payton wants everybody to know how smart he is and how good how just how good he is at this. And so sometimes it'll bite you in the ass like having Michael Thomas out there you know, trying to run up the score in the fourth quarter and he ends up getting hurt. But I just see like Sean Payton taking all of these, uh, 
distractions for lack of a better term all these different issues right and moving in a certain like 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 the idea that we knew before week one that the saints picked jacksonville because of the green bay fans how hard it was to get out that's the type of thing that the patriots would have never talked about but that's something that sean payton is making sure that jay glazer knows in my opinion you know what i'm saying so i just i <laughs> i feel like three and a half division game i don't necessarily think sam darnold is that great of an upgrade over teddy bridgewater which i feel like you know carolina obviously disagree with me but maybe they need to go watch that giants tape from the broncos game um but yeah, I, I like the Saints three and a half too. So I'm gonna go ahead and take that. Man, it's, I don't like this. We're 75 percent together, man. We need man. So you're gonna listen, do well because I know I'm doing well. I'm about to say either we're look. <laughs> it's a good thing we both pull a salary from here because either we're both gonna be quitting till next week <laughs> because we just hit all of these things, or we'll be coming back and asking for a raise because it's our job to to, to gamble on these games. So I we'll see I'm how it goes. No, I really like these picks this week. I think I'm going four and zero. Well, TJ, if that's the case, why don't you lay down your lemon pepper parlay for the team? Easy money grab, free money. Go to Vegas, grab all the chips you want. They're not going to say nothing to you. This is how easy this money is. I'm taking the Niners against the Eagles. The Niners are just a better team. I truly believe it. And the Saints and the Panthers. Like, the Panthers struggled against the Jets, who had the second pick of the draft. They, that, the Saints aren't them. I'm taking the Niners against the Eagles. I'll give up three and a half. And I'm taking the Saints over the Panthers. That's my lemon pepper parlay lock of the week. And like I always say, if you knew better, you would do better. My lemon pepper parlay for this week, I'm taking all money lines again. I'm taking the Cardinals on the money line versus the Vikings. I think the Vikings, that whole Kirk Cousins, that, that's a weird situation. I don't like it too much. I'm taking the Broncos on the money line over the Jags because I'm fading Urban Meyer until he shows me that he can coach an NFL team. And I'm going with you, TJ. I'm taking the 49ers on the money line versus the Eagles because I just think the 49ers are going to win, and I like it. So there we go. That's my money line, lemon pepper parlay. Let's eat. So and TJ, we gonna do. So when y'all win this money, just send me and Martin that commission. Thank you guys. Appreciate same. it. Send us a commission. Subscribe to the <laughs> podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. I would say this: if we make you money. Give us five stars. If we don't, give us five stars anyway because you enjoy the content and the entertainment, right? That's we're what trying we're trying to for. make you money. We're we're trying. <laughs>